Brought to you by Business Fights Poverty. Hello and welcome to Business Fights Poverty's Social Impact Pioneers podcast series. I am Katie Heisen, Director of Thought Leadership. These interviews with social impact pioneers provide you with insights, different perspectives, advice, and maybe a little inspiration, giving you first-hand understanding of how businesses and others are tackling some of the world's biggest social challenges so that you can learn from those who have been there before, helping you in your decision-making and action-taking. We are surrounded by data. Each of us creates reams of data points every day. But how often is this information really used to make a difference, a positive difference? Meet Jeffrey Jacobs and Tara Tagmeyer. They are social impact pioneers, and I'm delighted to have them both join me today. Through their work at MSD, they have been collaborating in a huge partnership with the aim to reduce maternal and infant mortality. In some parts of the world, infant death is still one in 10. And the UN World Health Organization estimates that a woman dies every two minutes because of pregnancy or childbirth. MSD, also known as Merck in Canada and the US, Well, across its 125 plus year history, it's been at the forefront of addressing global health. So the business has this program called MSD for Mothers, which focuses on maternal health. And they've teamed up with UPS Foundation and the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. And you'll hear a bunch of others as well to help Mozambique's Central Medicine Authority improve last mile delivery of medical supplies to remote health facilities. Jeffrey and Tara join me today to talk about this partnership, this collaboration, to show how it actually works in practice, some of the challenges, but also, I think, shine a light on why collaboration is actually very doable and can create great results. You're going to hear some really practical advice from these guys in terms of how to, going back to that big data, how to harness big data for good. Now, Tara and Jeffrey, they have huge careers dedicated to solving challenging health problems from vaccines to HIV and river blindness. These guys are real global experts. So uh, you're in for a real treat. Tara, Jeffrey, welcome. Nice to be here. Thanks for having us. I wanted to leap straight into the conversation today. Jeffrey, can you share a bit about why and how MSD for Mothers came into being? Sure. So Back in 2011, there was real consternation and concern for the UN's goal of working with countries around the world to reduce maternal mortality under the MDG goals. And MSD, as an organization that has not shied away from helping address global health challenges, decided to create MSD for Mothers, which is an initiative, initially a 10-year initiative, now 15-year initiative, that focuses on applying MSD scientific and business expertise to this issue of addressing maternal mortality. The organization has uh, put a lot of resources, both financial as well as business expertise, so the people behind the company that have expertise to apply themselves to this particular issue of uh, addressing maternal mortality. And Tara, just bringing you in now, I mean, in 2021, so presumably halfway through the pandemic, MSD for Mothers teamed up with the uh, UPS Foundation 
and the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation to help Mozambique's Central Medicine Authority improve last mile delivery for medical supplies to remote health facilities. I mean, I've summarised that ridiculously fast. Can you tell us a bit about that? I mean, what was the problem that you're trying to solve? How did MSD and UPS work together in this? Presumably, there are other organisations as well at work. How did it come into being? Great. So we actually got started on this program before the pandemic in 2019. Um, And it was really a partnership known as the Private Sector Innovation for More Effective Supply Chain Partners, or PSISD. And, And that was launched by the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation Global Financing Facility, MSD for Mothers and UPS. The goal of this partnership was really to bring the private sector into the public sector to help solve some very complicated programs. So there was an opportunity identified with Mozambique to help strengthen their supply chain. At the time, they had a strategic plan which would revolutionize the way that they were doing their supply chain. Um, The country at that time had recognized that they logistics and distribution weren't core to what they were doing. There were significant gaps in being able to get health products to uh, the last mile within the country. So through this plan that they had developed, they wanted to bring supply chain under the ownership or, or under the guidance of the uh, CMOM, which is the Ministry of Health or or Central Medical Stores in Mozambique. And our goal really was to provide the investment case so that the Mozambique and the Ministry of Health could get the funding to implement these supply chain improvements. Tara, thank you so much for sharing that background with us. Now, I know that on this supply chain partnership, you also collaborated with organizations like Africa Resource Center, Village Reach, and Project Last Mile. Why was that important? And, and perhaps can you share with us the lessons that you learn about that sort of collaboration? So, when we got into the country, we knew that there were already several initiatives in play. And it was going in place specifically on supply chain improvements. So it was going to be very important that we understood that landscape first and foremost, because there's a lot of great work and lessons learned. So one of our primary objectives was to get that understanding, who were the key players, and how do we come together to leverage each other's data and expertise? So the project team, as we formed, had a subject matter expertise group, and that was made up of our, we had the global financing facility with us, Project Last Mile, UPS, and MSB for Mothers were part of that. And what was really key in the country as well as having an expert that directly supported the Ministry of Health so that he became our liaison with all of the work that we wanted to do. And so as we got in and and gained an understanding of the investment case and all of the players, you know, we very quickly went into project management mode. 
on what were the timelines, who needs to do what. And we got an understanding that we needed a communications team and we needed this business case modeling team. ARC brought in the subject matter expert that ultimately developed the, the business case model, which had all of the data, all of the analytics that really rebuilt that supply chain in Mozambique. And then on the, in the investment planning and the communications piece, this is where MSV for Mothers took more of a leading role. This is where the opportunity was to reach out to other members in the country, other organizations within the country to start getting their data. So as a really deep example, for us to build this business case model, we needed to provide an organizational structure for the Ministry of Health that would allow them to operate the logistics in a 3PL or a 4PL manner. This is something that the private sector has a ton of experience with. You know, this is how we do logistics of our supply chains. You know, MSD isn't the one responsible getting products to the last mile. We're going to go with a 4PL and a 3PL. But we have one way of doing business. And depending on where you are in a country or in a region, there's different ways and best practices. So what we wanted to do was leverage that expertise and really pull together who all had the experience in the country. So within MSD, we reached deep into our supply chain organization to get the subject matter experts that had that responsibility because they were going to provide that private sector perspective. But then we also partnered with the other organizations that were in country to get their data as well. So at the time, we were partnering with Johnson & Johnson. We were partnering with Coca-Cola and Village Reach. And we did it in such a way that we were able to share data without having to go through legal hurdles or getting a lot of approval within the different companies because we were sharing it in a manner that it was non-proprietary, if that makes sense. And in doing so, what we were able to do was triangulate all of the data from four different sources and come up with the best option for CMOM to be able to support the 3PL and 4PL management of their future supply chain. And it was, you know, the lesson learned that we had from that was we have to be able to overcome those obstacles of how does the private sector and the public sector share data in a way that there, there's not a lot of hurdles or there's not a lot of issues. And you need to get to that speed of trust and provide a safe environment where the information can be placed on the table and allow the experts to look at all of the options, all of the iterations, and come up with a recommendation that's the best of all of them. So the final recommendation isn't the Coca-Cola way of doing it. It's not the J&J &J way of doing it. It's not the MSD way of doing it. It's actually a conglomerate of all of the ways of doing it to really help set CMOM up for success in the future.
That's amazing. And and it's interesting. I mean, I've, I've been skulking around in sort of CSR, sustainability businesses, trying to do social impact for a couple of decades or so. And I, the data piece seems to have been such a hard nut to crack. And you are not the first, but definitely on that leading edge of organizations who are figuring out how to share data in in a positive this is trying to solve a bigger problem than any one piece of data or, or owner of data should ever have to try and solve on their own. And I mean, massive commendation to you guys for for figuring that bit out. And and I'm going to lean in in a minute for those listening to kind of, you know, the how piece, because actually that's really, really where it sits. So clearly we are the Social Impact Pioneer podcast. We are underpinned by the Business Fights Poverty community. And community is really important. So we're all about the people who are trying to make organizations do more social good. And I love learning from your journeys and helping others to figure out how to be part of this. Learn from you guys to be able to be sort of, you know, crack on with their own impact work. Do you mind sharing a bit about your personal journeys? How did you find your way into working on this type of impact activities work? What's your role now? And, and what you know, what would be your advice perhaps to others who are trying to wend their way into making impact through their organisations? Jeffrey, I don't suppose you wouldn't mind going first with that tricky question. Sure. So, uh, interestingly, my, my journey starts when I was a senior at university, living in a small rural community in West Africa as a part of my, my degree. And I was, as a part of my role, was to weigh babies, uh, go into villages and weigh babies. And as a part of that discussion, when we would meet with the women under the, under the big tree in the, in the small village, uh, I had to ask questions like, uh, how many children do you have? How many, are still, how, many, how many of those children are still living? And it was my first it was my first connection to maternal mortality, understanding that the everyday individual, in this case, the everyday woman, was unfortunately faced with, with when she was giving birth, with potentially dying. And I was seeing it physically in front of me because on a number of occasions, when I would ask the question, how many children do you have? How many are still surviving? Uh, without fail, there was always a certain number that was unfortunately no longer living the, the the baby themselves, but in a number of instances, the woman who brought the children said, "I am not the mother." Unfortunately, the mother passed away, giving birth to these children, or this child, or these two children. But I am the cousin, the aunt, etc. So early on in my career, I got exposed to maternal mortality, but without realizing that I would end up the MSD for mothers focusing on preventable maternal maternal mortality or maternal death. And, and really having that one individual in mind that answered that helped frame for me when I heard MSD for mothers being created because over 300,000 women are dying every single year due to preventable causes, most of that in the developing world, it was a call to action for me to join MSD for mothers. Prior to that, Throughout my career, I always kept that framing of those faces in my mind, remembering how difficult and challenging life can be for many. 
in the most remote villages in the some in some of the world. And so access to medicines, access to healthcare has always been a part of my drive and has been a part of the 26 years that I've been with with the company. For the past 12, uh, for, sorry, for the past the 10 of those years, I've been with MSD for Mothers, focusing on trying to address preventable maternal death. One of those is trying to find the experts within the organization like Tara and some of the others that can help support that, that broad global goal. And, and wishing you all the success to keep going as well, Jeffrey. I mean, amazing. Um, thank you for sharing that. Tara, what about yourself? What brought you to this? What's your journey so far? So, so I have a rather unique journey. Um, I'm a virologist by training, and my passion was in vaccines and still is in vaccines, which is what brought me to MSD in general. As I built my career at MSD, it was really about life cycle management of vaccines and how do we get them to all reaches of the world. So much so that I really got a deep desire to branch outside of the lab and try to gain a better understanding of these types of public-private partnerships. I really wanted to work with WHO. I really wanted to work with the Gates Foundation. I just didn't know how to do it. And I was a bit afraid to make that leap. I had my own struggles with childbirth as well. So I've got three daughters, but developed a group A strep infection with my third shortly after I delivered that landed me in the ICU for several days. And, And I was fortunate that I was in one of the best healthcare systems in the world, and I survived that. And it really struck me that it was almost unfair that I had that access and other women don't get that access just by virtue of where they're born and the circumstances with which they're born under. And with that, and as I had the opportunity to take the leap of faith, and do more in the philanthropic and access space, I took it. Um, so I went on a special assignment with our global market access colleagues. And during that time, I also started working with Jeff and, and MSD for Mothers. It has been probably the most fulfilling two years of my life. So but during the pandemic, because I was a virologist, that calling came back to me and actually put me out of MSD for Mothers and Global Market Access and back into the lab to do COVID vaccine development. But I haven't been truly satisfied in that space. So since leaving MSD, I'm now really contemplating going back into access and, and CSR types initiatives again. Oh my God, you're my hero on all counts, Tara. Thank you so much for I mean, I don't even want to think about how hard you must have worked then during the pandemic as well, like leaning into the vaccines. But perhaps also your story, for for me anyway, just shows that need for so many different disciplines and so many different organisations and and types of people to work together because it's not good enough just to have a vaccine. It's not good enough just to have an access to medicine over here if it's prohibitive over there, etc. So um, thank you so much to both of you for for sharing your your journey so candidly. I feel terrible for changing this, the pace of the conversation, 
because that was so important, but I am. Uh, Jesse, I wanted to bring you in now. I mean, you guys are sitting at some really interesting interfaces, very unique position in terms of, you know, what the landscape looks like for maternal health, but also where sort of emerging opportunities and ideas are coming from. What are the trends that you're seeing through that work, through that position that perhaps others aren't seeing and and probably should be aware of? There are several, specifically to the work that uh, really Tara and I were doing on this, you know, supply chain work. Quality of medicines within supply chains, particularly in low and lower middle income countries, and particularly for, you know, for women during, during their pregnancy journey is really, really uh, inconsistent. So the, one of the trends is trying to increase awareness of decision makers at country level that as they seek to address maternal mortality, they need to ensure that their supply chains are providing quality medicines. That requires, obviously, investment in their regulatory systems. That requires uh, uh, investment in their testing systems. And it requires providers to be able to speak up and say when they believe they do not have a quality medicine in their hands. If they don't have that quality, of course, they can't provide the quality of care that they seek to provide. So that quality of medicines issue is a real critical one. That supply chain is uh, very much uh, relevant. Another issue, I think, is some of these global health challenges are really, really hard to solve. And public-private partnership, bringing in the private sector to help work together side by side with government is, I think, the only way we're going to be able to solve those issues. And unfortunately, in many of those public-private partnerships, those that are happening now or those that need to form, there continues to be some reticence from both parties on how to engage, how to work together, how to build that trust, to Tara's point, how to how to share information and data. So we need to learn faster and better to trust each other and what are the mechanisms to do that. But public-private partnership, I think, is the key to get to some of these intractable issues. We just need to figure out how to do it better. Anybody listening? <laughs> Join me in the fight. Come on, we can do this. Um, Tara, I wanted to bring you back in at this point. I mean, is there anything that you wanted to add or reflect on in, in terms of what you've just heard? You know, I'm going to reflect on Jeff's last point again on that speed of trust. It is so important that we recognize the expertise that resides within the private sector and the public sector. And that they're two completely different ways of doing business and neither is right and neither is wrong. It's how do you come together and figure out what is best for the situation at hand and breaking that problem down and taking the best of both worlds. And to do it, you need to be able to create an environment or an ecosystem, however local it may be, that allows people to bring their authentic selves to the conversation and the data from their respective uh, organizations from that conversation in a way that it's going to be beneficial. 
because that's the only way we're going to be able to solve some of these super complex pro- problems that we have. My follow-up question, and perhaps both of you leap in here, but Jeffrey, maybe go first. How? How do you do this? If you were, you had some business-type organizations in front of you, people, individuals, and decision-makers from policy types, what would be your advice to them who try to set out nobly on this course, but actually it's really difficult in practice? So I think good businesses, they need to come with their expertise, with their ideas, but be open to different ways of working, different ways of thinking, as Tara mentioned. I think probably one of the most critical, two, two critical things that need to happen. One is the focus needs to be on the ecosystem. You need to focus on enabling, creating an enabling environment in that ecosystem where you have expertise. If you focus on your product or what you want to sell, you will never build trust and you will always be transactional. But if you can support the ecosystem and help develop that ecosystem, strengthen that ecosystem, bring others into that ecosystem that have expertise to play, the ecosystem will get stronger. And because it's the ecosystem where you have an interest, over time, you will also have an opportunity, you know, a business opportunity, if that's what you're interested in. But take the time to think about the ecosystem, how you can strengthen it and take the time to build the trust with those ecosystem players and building trust with that government relate that you know that public side probably takes the longest but don't minimize the time that it takes take the time to build the trust worthy and good advice there thank you very much um what about yourself tara so if you're standing in front of somebody who is about to make all the mistakes that you made and <laughs> what would be your advice to try and help them out There's creative ways to create the firewalls that are needed within corporate America to bring forward the information that can help solve these problems. MSD for Mothers was a great firewall in that respect, in that it's not about the product that MSD makes at all. To Jeff's point, it's about the ecosystem. So myself and my colleague were representatives of MSD for Mothers on this program. But at the end of the day, we were working at MSD and we have a whole army of brilliant people that sit behind us that are willing and able to bring forward ideas and information and collaborate. And that that's the benefit of a large corporation behind it. We were able to go in and find that passion and get the information that was needed and bring it forward in a way that was non-proprietary and can be used for the better good in conjunction with data from other companies as well. As I mentioned earlier, I just think this has got to be one of the most tough nuts. And if you guys have started cracking that and are prepared to share your expertise, I'm just a massive, massive thank you. For anybody who's listening, I will make sure that I share the links both to MSD from others in the words that sit alongside this podcast, but also some of the links to the project that have been talked about um, significantly as well. And um, Jeffrey and Tara, if you don't mind, I will be <laughs> cheeky and ask to share your perhaps your LinkedIn details so that if anybody needs to follow up and ask you a specific question, they they can do so. I think that that pretty much sort of wraps up this conversation for today. But I just wanted to ask you sort of one final piece in terms of kind of what is next for you? Where are you going and, and what do you see as the kind of the next big challenge that you're working on? 
though MSD from others continues to focus on that ultimate goal of uh, addressing uh, preventable maternal mortality. Uh, we're very aligned with the, the UN goals of trying to reduce that maternal mortality to a much more tenable rate. And so we are focused on everything from providing better quality, improving the quality of medicines that are provided to, to, to women uh, through supply chains, to supporting community-based organizations that connect women to better care, to strengthening the overall health system to respond better to women, and to the point that we've been trying to, to, to buttress here is to integrating private sector and the power of private sector to help solve for these global challenges. So we're going to continue to focus on those kinds of issues. Amazing. And I want to wish you both all the very best with everything that you choose to do um, and on MSD's mission. So a massive thank you for being so candid and sharing uh, your experiences and also suggestions, insights with us today. Jeffrey, Tara, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And if you like what you've heard today, please do rate and subscribe to us. I would also love to hear your feedback. So please do drop me a line at any time. I'm Katie at businessfightspoverty.org. Many thanks. Brought to you by Business Fights Poverty. 